Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. So, Father, with the time we have left, we pray that your word would be a lamp unto our feet and that you would teach us, even for a moment, those things that concern our prosperity and our increase and our fruitfulness. You have come to give us life and life in abundance, but the enemy has come to kill, to diminish, to destroy, to steal that which you've given us. So allow this place to be a breeding ground of godly men, godly women, godly children, husbands, wives, fathers, moms, so that we might fill the earth with your glory, that we would be a blessing to all the families of the earth, that our thoughts, our words, and our actions would be one. Prosper your word this morning in our hearts and allow us to see your glory in our lives, that your word that issues forth today not return void, but that it would produce that for which you send it. And this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Our understanding of who God is and what he brings to the table, for the Linsky boys, you need to read Deuteronomy, verse 6, chapter 6, verse 6, that says, these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. And since they're in your heart, you shall teach them, verse 7, diligently to your children. You shall talk of these words to them when you sit at home, when you walk on the way, and when you lie down and sleep, and when you rise up and go to the kitchen in the morning. Bind them as a sign upon your hands, and they shall be frontlet between your eyes. You shall write them in the garage, in the kitchen, in the doorpost of your house, on your gates, And it shall be, verse 10, when the Lord thy God has brought you into the land which he swore to give your forefathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give thee great and filled cities with all manner of good, cities which you have not built, houses full of good things, verse 11, which you did not fill, wells that you did not dig, vineyards which you did not plant, orchards and olive trees, When thou shalt have eaten and be full, beware lest you forget the Lord. Isn't that powerful that if we listen to God and his instruction, he promises all things, and he says we would not be the ones to acquire those things, they would be given to us. So you get to decide if you want God to bless you and add his blessing with you, where it says in Proverbs 10.22, The blessing of the Lord makes one wealthy and adds no sorrow. Or you could do things on your own and forget the commandments of the Lord and not write them in your house and not saturate the hearts of your children with these realities that cause you to champion life. And God wants to give us all things that we might enjoy them. And he wants our children to see that he is the God of their fathers. When you see a God that wants to give you all these things, and wants to prosper you and multiply you, then you realize 
that there's a serious problem in Isaiah chapter 3 and verse 1. And the question here in Isaiah is that the generous God who promised to give you all things says that he will withhold from you. Isn't this crazy that God would hold back the blessings he has for you? And it says there, the Lord of hosts will take away from his people, Jerusalem and Judah, all the provisions in the storehouse, all the bread and all the water. No more mighty men will be given to you. No more men of war to fight the battles of the Lord. No more judge, no more prophet, no more wise man or elderly. Verse 3, God will withhold the captain of 50 the honorable men, the counselor, the skillful, the eloquent. And instead of all the provisions of heaven, verse 5, verse 4 says, those who rule over you will be children. The immature, the irresponsible, the ignorant will take a place of prominence in your home. I was talking to a man this week, and I asked him a question. I said, why is your daughter governing your home? She should have a father in the house who's seeking the word of the Lord and the counsel of God. But the whole household is disrupted, and he told his daughter, do what you feel. That's not good parenting. Good parenting is obey the commandments of the Lord. This is what God says. And so in this manner, I want to begin just letting you know that the premise of life began in Genesis with a family. I, I, I often, I, you know, at this conference, everybody was looking at the old people, and I felt right in the mood. I didn't notice the old people, and I guess it's because I'm getting old. It didn't strike me that they were average age 60 because I'm 54. They're my peers. But I see now today from what I hear uh, that, that we were in the company of not the young. And when God is withholding and you got the mystery of God is like, God, you're a generous God. You gave your son to die on the cross. You gave us your Holy Spirit. You gave us the word of God. You give us men of God. You give us your church. You give us the body of Christ. And here in Isaiah 3, he says, God just turned off the faucet. So that you don't get what you need, bread, water, the whole stock and barrel. And then you have to ask yourself, why did God... Tell his people he would withdraw from them his provision. And it's found there in verse 6. Because a man will take hold of his brother from his father's house, saying, you have clothing, you have provision, you be our leader, our ruler. And let everything that's messed up in ruins be under your leadership and guidance. Now, what do you think a young girl 
who has a father telling her, do as you feel. There's no greater curse. Because God has not placed man upon the earth to do as he pleases. Rather, if a man deny himself and does what God pleases, then they will see the glory of God. Then they will see open heavens. But if you're doing what you feel, you might walk in your own mindset. It's the devil's nature. I will lift my throne. I will sit on high. I would usurp the place of God. I will become like God. And James 3.16 says the pursuit of selfish ambition is all manner of confusion and every evil thing is present. In other words, you will create the climate of hell if you're walking, doing as you please. So then Jesus brings the way, the truth, and the life. In John chapter 8, verse 29, he says, He who sent me here is always present. He who sent me is with me. The Father has never left me alone because I'm not seeking what pleases me, for I always do those things that please Him. And then that's where some of these preachers says that's where the cross is that you carry every day is when your will crosses the will of God. And then you choose, will you do what you want or will you do what God wants? And I, I yesterday, I was so blessed by the men who made an intentional, purposeful schedule to be at a place where manhood is being perfected. Because as they come back home, I guarantee you, they come back polished. And not doing what they want, but doing what life as God wants. So my son, 26 years old, Nick, just got married. A couple of months before his marriage, he says, I've spent 26 years in a very crazy mindset. Telling God, not my will, thine be done. Not what I want, God. Not what I see. Not what I feel. Not what I think. But to be given the heart of God. And I want to say this. When we go back to Isaiah and you see God withholding everything, it's because somebody in verse 6 has the attitude, I'm not going to do it God's way. In other words, don't make me a responsible party of these ruins. And men like to blame their wives. I've heard men say, if my wife wasn't around, I would be a godly man. No, you are responsible to bring godliness in your home. In other words, do things as God would have them be done. And in that manner, you face the ruins by leading the troops. Yesterday, a man in the middle of the conference screamed out, Where's our leaders? Imagine in a, a a troop of soldiers, 500 men, and guy just, it just came out of his soul. Where's our leaders? And I go, right here, sir. Right here. I'll lead. But then, Charles Flowers says, right here, I'm here too. Well, he joined the ranks of leadership. 
But then when I shared, because I was coming next, I said, you, sir, are the leader. Why are we always making somebody else responsible for what God made us responsible for? If there's to be a difference upon the earth, it's because you are the difference. You're not looking at the guy and saying, "Eh, look how they're doing it. That's why I'm not doing it. No, sir, you're the leader. If nobody does it, you do it. We're not looking for someone else to come and bring revival. Bishop Wellington Boone says, I am revival. Wherever I am, God is moving with power and glory. And so if you have a people that think that the only time they get spiritual is Sunday morning at church, they're not the church. They're just guests. They're not here to stay. They're not here to be a part of it. They're not here to walk as an example of what God can do through his grace. But here, the guy says, don't make me responsible for these ruins. So you you don't want to take responsibility. You don't want to lead your family. Then all that God has for your family is not coming down. God has turned off the faucet because nobody wants to do it God's way. We continue to walk like the world. And what I know about the world, there seems to be a way that's right to man, but its end is no good. Why do you have to get there before you know it's not going to be good? Because you're not building God's way, it's coming down. You're building on the sand. When the winds blow and the rains fall and the floods rise, it comes down with a great crash. You you can't see a building fall and not notice it. So you're headed in the manner of building, not like God builds. And here, when it says in verse 7... In that day, he will swear, I'm not the answer. I will not be a healer for in my house, I'm occupying my business. There's no bread. There's no clothing. Don't make me a leader of this home. I'm, I'm a selfish person. I exist for myself. I can't do anything to bless anybody else. Because I still live in the devil's darkness realm of kingdom of me. Myself and I. Yesterday I was doing a one-hour Zoom conference with Craig Hill and Jan, Family Foundations International. They'll be coming to Miami, thank God, soon. They were here about 15 years ago. But they're powerhouse leaders. And he says the most depressed and lonely and sad people are selfish people. And one of... Dr. Jules's psychiatry elements for a person who's an antidepressant is take the thoughts off yourself, brother. Life is not about you. And if you're thinking about you all the time, that's why you're depressed. Because you don't have a moment to think about someone else. But as you start moving in that direction, you start seeing that you feel good because you're being a vessel and an instrument to God to bless others. And so that spirit of depression and that heavy garment will come off you. But this man says, I'm thinking about myself. I don't have time to take care of leading or ruling in that day, swearing I'm not a healer. I'm not the answer. 
Verse 8, for Jerusalem is ruined and Judah is fallen because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of his glory. Their countenance, verse 9, their face. You know, when, when as a young pastor, I was always looking for people to help with the work of the Lord, and I would, and they would go, don't let him see me. Because if I talk to the pastor right before we're leaving the church, he's going to ask me to stay and do something. Their face testifies against themselves because when you go, hey, they go, no eye contact. Let me turn my face and I'm out of here. And that's what he's talking about. They, the look on their countenance witnesses against them. They're not, and, and then you see the other people. There's certain type of people that are in, so in love with God that when I look over to look at somebody who's turning their face, the guy behind them is like, I'm not talking to you. But his face does not contradict what's in his heart. His disposition is, I'm available. Sometimes they're young. Sometimes they just got here. So you don't want to put heavy loads and responsibilities. But the other guy who's been here forever turns his face. Don't, don't count on me. I'm not going to the car. I'm not, I won't be there. I don't work for the Lord. That's not my priority. I'm not seeking that. The Bible says the heart of a servant is looking for the hands of his master because just a little, a little sign from the master and they're moving in the direction of the master's heart because their heart is to please their master like a servant. It's precious to, to see people's availability. Here, God is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm shutting them off. I'm closing all the faucets of provision. And you're like, God, you're not like that. Oh, yes, I am. Well, then why are you like that? Because their, their countenance witnesses against them. And he says there, he says, these people whose countenance witnesses against them, they declare their sin as Sodom did. They hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. And this is the confidence we have in verse 10. Tell the righteous it's going to go well with them. They're going to have the harvest and the fruit of their doings. So we could see certain people moving in the direction of God. And we say, man, you're going to be blessed and your, your socks are going to fly off. You just, God is going to be all over you. You're going to increase. You're going to find the provisions of your heart's desire. But then it says in verse 11, but tell the wicked, it shall be ill with them. For they're going to have the reward of what their hands have sown. They're going to have the product of everything they've done. Uh, almost as if uh, Pharaoh, he told Moses, no, I'm not letting the people go once. And he hardened his heart twice, and he hardened his heart three times, and he hardened his heart. By the seventh time, the Bible says, and God hardened his heart. So why does God make people responsible when he's the one that's doing the hardening in their heart? Because God sets a thermometer in your heart, and he finds the temperature you want to go in, and then he fast-forwards you into the temperature you want to have. He gives you as a judgment your desire, which is not to be blessed by God, which is not to seek the kingdom of God first so that everything shall be added. So we've already gone through this several times. One of my greatest inspirations to be a man of God and to be a preacher and to lose it all in this life is because no previous generation in our family has ever done it. We will be the first generation that lived according to God's schedule and priority above our own pursuit. 
And it's almost like a challenge to God. He says, uh, you know, he says, um, test me now in this to see if I will not. So the challenge is, okay, God, if I lose my life and I'm not pursuing the things I can pursue because I'm pursuing God's love and interest. And what does God love? He loves man. How do I know? Because he gave his son for man. So I cannot go wrong if I'm pursuing that which God's love as my priority. Do I like men? I don't like men. I don't have a natural, I don't have a kingdom to invite people to my kingdom. I, I don't even have good words. I have to use his words. Right? And in television one day they said, Pastor Molina, don't you have your own thoughts? No. Don't you have your own words? You keep on saying what the Bible says. I can't live according to my design and my words because they don't have promise. But heaven and earth shall pass away, and his words will not expire. So I have better words to pursue. And I say, I used to think like you and had mush in my brain and had cursing in my lips. But now I see that tell the righteous it will go well with them. Tell the wicked they're going to get the fruits of their reward. And the end result of not doing it God's way, verse 12 Children and women will take the rule. Those who lead you, women and children, cause you to err and destroy the ways of your past. So, listen, uh, I used to say this. We were early on married, me and Yvette, trying to get on the same page. And I said, look, I've come to the understanding that God wants me to be the head of our home. That's how it says it in the Bible. I know this is not Christian church, but we get no amens, but that's fine. The Bible says the man shall be the head of his household. That means I'm ultimately responsible for what happens in our family. Yvette, if you would like, I will give you the reins of this horse and carriage, and we'll find out what cliff we go over. Because God didn't make you the person who's driving the ship. God is holding me responsible. I need your help. Make sure that I turn when God says we need to turn. But don't usurp my place and take responsibility for what God has given me responsibility for. So I need to seek the counsel of God. I need to surround myself with wise men who fear God. I thank God for the leadership in this church. I could sit down at any time and sit down with 11 men whose lives speak God's wisdom, who have the counsel of the Lord in their mouth. And so in this regard, God is telling us he's holding back provisions and supply and every good thing to men who walk wickedly, not wanting to lead their homes. Women and children end up in the leadership positions. I had a man call me, his wife, their their rebellious, disobedient son was in prison. He was a cocaine addict, a crack addict. He was, he was a thug. He was, he was a mess. And mom and dad called me and says, Pastor, our son is in jail, and we want to know, should we take him out of jail, post a bond, or should we leave him in there? Because they want their son to come out of jail and beat me up by saying, Pastor said to keep you in jail. And thank you, but no thank you. You are responsible to lead your families in the ways of the Lord. You are responsible. 
I want you to. I, I, I would love to see the expression of God's blessing over your family. But you lead your home and don't blame me because my responsibility is to give you the word of the Lord. What you do with it is on you. And he says there, women and children will lead in the absence of their parents who lead, their father, their mother. And so there he says, these will take you to ruin. My people, they which lead you, cause you to err and destroy the paths of my ways. So I wanted to, and I don't have time to do that, but we'll continue. I want you to see that in the garden, when God could have created anything, and I, I get lost sometimes in my thoughts, but I said, God, why wasn't it better to do like some type of fraternity of men as the basic unit of creation upon the earth? He could have said, okay, I'm going to make a fraternity of architects. Or I could make, um, they could be all women and no men. But God's design from the beginning, say with me, family. That was the structure of man filling the call of God upon the earth. It's family. It's a husband, a wife, and children. Those were the, the, the basic unit of God's expression of the earth is, listen, all you men must allow yourselves to occupy the place where man must occupy and not distort manhood by minimizing your maturity. All the women, you're supposed to be an expression of helping your husband be encouraged to do it God's way. Don't say amen. Don't say amen. That was not the time to say amen. Why? Because modern women, they get offended. They get hurt. And they remove their families from the house of God. They, 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 they come up with some reason they're going to... Honey, we're not going back to that place. Because they want to do things God's way. And really, I had a couple of thoughts and ideas that we might be able to do it my way. And then God says, no, 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 listen. It's my way or the highway. God is not going to modify your sentiments, your feeling. I, I learned this a lot because when I was a Christian early on, I, I was a super brat coming into Christianity. And I thought that I could twist God's arm. I had a cousin. He was smaller and younger, my same age. And we would go to the country club, and I wanted to eat. And the only way he would feed me is I grabbed his arm and twisted it behind his back and led him to the cashier. He says, give this guy whatever he wants. And I thought I could do the same thing to God. And God has no spoiled children. You're not going to twist his arm. It, it, you, you, can't throw it, you, you can't get like Ahab, throw yourself in the bed and start crying a couple days, so then Jezebel comes over and gives you what you want. That doesn't work in the kingdom of God. God has no spoiled children. I just pray this morning, Father, in Jesus' name, that you teach us what family is that you're withholding the stock and supply because we're not taking care of the responsibility to lead our homes. Our words and our countenance testify against us that we're not the healer of these ruins when you have made us rulers. And because we have forfeited our leadership and our rule, now our wives and our children are leading our homes. And now Jesus is not leading our homes and the word of God is not the roadmap. It's not the game plan. It's not the pursuit because our feelings have swayed us from obedience 
and from the passion to do it God's way. We pray, Father God, that that would not be the case in this spiritual home, that we would promote family as you've designed it in the word of God. Give us godly fathers, godly mothers, godly husbands, godly wives to do it God's way. And as we look to the side, let us be encouraged by other families that want God's way also, that are not changing their course to accommodate their daughters, their sons, their wives, to cause us to fall in ruin, cause us to fall outside of your blessing, causing us to fall outside of your design. Father, the women are created to be perfect helpers, encouragers, so that the man might pursue God with all his heart and not place his confidence in his own strength. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. But a man who trusts in the Lord shall prosper, shall flourish. He shall be fruitful. He shall fill the land with the goodness of your bounty. Heal us, Lord. Forgive us. Cause us to come to repentance and move in your direction and not away from you. This we pray in Jesus' name and the house of God says, Amen. God bless you. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. Tonight at 6 p.m., if you want a double dose of the Holy Ghost, Pastor Richie has a service. You will enjoy it. 6 o'clock p.m., our evening service at Spring of Life. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.